Welcome to this special edition of the Theology Podcast. I'm C.R. Wiley. As uh, long-term podcast listeners know, I'm one of the regular participants in the show. But today we've got a special show, and it's just me, but not just me. I'm joined by Nate Spearing. And we're going to talk a little bit about an event coming up uh, in southern Washington, right in Vancouver, right across the river, the Columbia River, from the notorious Portland, Oregon. And this is about as unPortland an event as you could possibly imagine. It is the traditional fatherhood intensive. And I'm going to be speaking at, at, at the event, and Rory Groves is as well. Rory uh, was interviewed last, uh, last week uh, in a different little spot for the, for the event. But today, Nate's with us. And Nate, why don't you tell folks a little bit about yourself? I, I think some folks probably know that you are the podcast host of Life on Target. Uh, but tell us a little more about your background and then uh, uh, give us a little teaser when it comes to what you'll be talking about at the traditional fatherhood intensive. Thanks for having me, Chris. I'm looking forward to being with y'all in May and some of your listeners that uh, are able to get over and get the tickets while they last. Um, I'm Nathan Spearing. I was homeschooled my entire life, always brought up in the faith and had a wild hair idea after high school to join the military, went on to serve in special operations pretty much the entire uh, part of my service got out of the army in 2016, just short of 14 years of service, which for those of you that are in government service or retired from government service or currently in government service, know that that is typically way past the time that people get out. And most of them at that point are on the downhill slope to uh, government pension and government benefits uh, that will stay around for the entirety of your life, uh, the person that served in the government. And so it was shocking kind of for my peers that I got out. It was shocking for most people that hear the story that I got out of that 14 years. But the reality was that during those 14 years, I deployed 12 times to combat. And I had uh, first three deployments. I was not married. I was single. The last nine, I had a wife. And then, you know, basically the, the joke is kind of between deployments, coincidentally, kids started to show up, you know, and uh, I actually had uh, some bosses that were, were remarking about how inconvenient because I, you know, my wife would be pregnant, the next deployment would roll around and I'd have to show up late because the birth was happening. And they're like, what's going on? You know, the, some of the military leadership didn't realize how warriors breeding is actually a, a good thing for our uh, republic to continue. And anyway, so uh, I was feeling torn, though. I loved the job. I was good at the job. I felt it, it fit my skill sets very well. Um, I was from an athletic family. I grew up swimming uh, competitively. It was able to a great blend of physical requirements as well as a thinking man's game as we're trying to outsmart the enemy as we're engaging in all different uh, means of warfare. I loved it. But as the kids continued to come and as the there was no end in sight of deployments, all of my peers that stayed in have continued that same pace. I just, it didn't sit right with me that as a husband and father, a member of my local community, I just couldn't do the right things. I couldn't fulfill the responsibilities in those sectors if I was gone six to eight months out of the year. And so probably two or three years before I got out, I was really feeling that heavy, you know, as the kids came along, as I kept having to say goodbye. And so 
the my wife and I sat down and made a plan about a year, year and a half before we got out of the military that that we were gonna we were gonna leave. And I had to pay back um, forty thousand dollars of my enlistment bonus. We had just closed on another investment property, so our family savings evaporated. Essentially, um, finding out they had to pay that bonus back, so we found ourselves kind of in a tight spot financially. But it forced us as a family to rely on the Lord. It forced us to bootstrap and get to work building businesses. And then as I processed that over time, I realized that, you know, building businesses, having a rental portfolio, real estate portfolio, those, unlike a government pension, can pass to future generations. And so not necessarily embarking on a journey of a productive household, fully understanding what that was when I left the military, really just doing it as a result of wanting to be with my wife and kids more, but then God graciously bringing me along and, and finding out here now, seven, almost seven years later in business that I am having more fun than I ever could have possibly imagined. And, I, and to think about still being, I just passed my 20 year mark when I could have got that retirement the businesses that we've built, the time that I've had with my kids, the time that I've been in church, the wealth that we've actually amassed at this point eclipses the value of a government pension, especially when you consider that I can pass it to my children. So that's kind of the, uh, the multi-minute background on where we are to date and, and kind of a little bit about what we've been learning along the way as a family. So we're going to be talking about uh, purpose, protection, and provision, and I think the sort of the sort of the the subject that uh, I think you have the the, the best uh, angle of vision to address is the protection angle. Can you talk a little bit about uh, some talks? You got some fascinating titles. I love to tease folks with those titles. Yeah. So the two talks that I am preparing right now for the conference are a theology of violence, which kind of has an undergirding tagline of a, a practical theology of self-defense. Um, you know, I, I am, as somebody who practiced warfare for uh, the majority of my professional career, and then watching how the world is going and the chaos and the things like that, the only institution really that sits at the ability to address these things, or the two, is the family and, and, and the church. And it's obvious our government is, is out to lunch in a lot of ways. They're abdicating, they're calling leadership what is not really leadership. And so, and, and I've also just kind of been disappointed uh, in the last two years or so, three years or so, the mainstream spiritual leaders and the advice that they've been offering in a lot of ways, capitulating and not wanting to talk about hard issues as, as fathers and as men, we don't get to shy away from hard conversations. And the reason why we're in this mess is because fathers have shied away from hard conversations with other people in their community, in the positions that they have influence. And so a theology of violence is, is more so this, this overarching belief that if you're dangerous, and you're dangerous on a bunch of different facets, that's not just that I, I own a gun or that I have ammunition and I know how to use it, but also what's the size of my family? Are, am I raising my children to at a higher rate while the enemy is also killing theirs? And, in, in, and that's, it's, it's, it's a tragedy, but as it plays out over generations, 
the fact that we are raising children to be capable, to be free, to have personal runway, to have real skills, not degrees, not certifications, but skills that actually the society needs, that's actually the most dangerous thing. And so that's the other talk as well as is how to become more dangerous. And so we're going to peel back the onion there. You and I have had discussions about how we, when we catechize our children, they are, are able to resist the, 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 you know, it's just a devious psychological operation that's being played on weak-minded people. And so how are we continue this? How do we grow our families? And then how do we realize that as this plays out over time, if we're doing this right, that uh, we can't help but progress things towards Christ's goal of reigning in all areas of life, you know, and the, and the victory being realized, um, being the church militant, what does that actually look like right now for us as fathers um, at the helm of our households? Okay, that sounds great. Nate. I, I think it's going to be a great event. It's going to be May 5th and 6th. It's start on a Friday night, and then we'll uh, have the event on Saturday. We'll end early enough for folks to get home if they need to do that. If they want to stick around and come to church at Westminster Presbyterian Church, where I serve as pastor, the fo- folks are welcome to, to do that. We'll have a, we, we have a link in the show notes to the Eventbrite page, and we'll also have a, uh, we also have a, a link to Nate's podcast there. So if you'd like to become a subscriber to uh, the Life on Target podcast, that would be great. Anyway, thanks a lot for uh, listening to this brief edition of the Theology Podcast, and uh, Nate and I hope to see you in just about seven weeks. In, uh, <laughs> I know it's, it's going to be it's right around the corner uh, here in Southern Washington. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.